Welcome to the 29th edition of the Guna Podcast, sponsored by GunaShirts.com and recorded during the summer break. Still, if there's no football to discuss, at least we can do is reminisce about the good old times. So without further ado, let's introduce tonight's panel. To start with, the long-awaited return of Guna legend. He's been unable to appear for what seems like a lifetime due to being out in the States for a year. Then flew, and most recently, good old work commitments. It's the one and only Mr. Mark Ollington. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, listeners, but Mr. Onnington has been held up. So you've got to put up with me, Kevin Witcher. He's been held up, held up by a pair of Hungarian knockers. <laughs> yes. Knickers. <laughs> well, <laughs> depends which version you believe. However, he is definitely in Shepherd's Bush. <laughs> oh! <Whoa. laughs> no one mentioned, no one mentioned her job, Kevin. No one, one mentioned her job. Sailed over the head, so. Almost. He's here all week, kids have the bill. Next up, returning Owens. Insanity quoting to a healthy 66.6% average. Goon economist extraordinaire. That's you, the hybrid spy. <laughs> God, I love the audience this week. So much better than last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and completing our panel and hopefully providing the bedrock of sensibility, Mr. David Udo. Hello, kids. Right, we're going to talk about the um, the Arsenal.com's um, 50 Greatest Goals, which is currently being run, and you can well, I think you could vote for that up until a, a week ago. But what we've done is we've compiled some of our favourite goals, uh, which we're going to talk about. And um, we'll start with you, David, with uh, a certain goal. Was it your first ever game at Arsenal, Mr Rowcastle? Yes, my, my first ever time I went to Highbury. My dad, um, uh, <laughs> well embarrassingly, said he would never take me to a game until I could read the programme. So it's disappointing for me that he waited till I was eight. So you were 18? And then, the, um, uh, basically, yeah, my, my brother and my granddad couldn't go, so uh, he had um, our know, other season tickets there, so he took me. And, yeah, it was it was the, the moment that's, that's perfectly captured in the fever pitch book in the film when mm. we walked up the stairs at the West Lower and you see the green, and it's even then it was a plush green, even though we had a notoriously bad pitch that year I seem to remember um, but I just noticed the green the reality of the players in front of my face and uh, we, we really turned it on that afternoon uh, and my dad uh, was was an early leaver back in those days um, and it was five minutes from time and we were winning 2-0 he said come let's go and beat the traffic and I, I whinged and wailed and let me stay and then I remember David Rowcastle picking up the ball um, we were just we were in the west lower just to the right of the TV stanchion so just towards the clock end we're kicking towards the clock end in the second half Rowcastle picks up the ball inside um, the middles for half skins the uh, the left back on the outside then comes back inside and then literally zigzags all the way towards the goal keeps going and going and going um, and I'll never forget well my, my, my dad's use of um, French language is is wonderful, but um, he can't kick with his fucking left. Oh, what a goal! Um, <laughs> will always live in my memory. He just curled one into the um, into the top corner past Stephen Pears, 
Uh, and that's, that, that was what did it for me. I thought, well, I'll have this every week. Stephen Pear is the world-renowned keeper of that particular season. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. David is a keeper specialist. I would yeah, be disappointed so. if he didn't remember that. And, and, he, he was, and he was replaced with the away game by Kevin Paul. And Stephen Pears was playing for, at the time? It was Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, right. Yeah. Uh, former Liverpool reserve goalkeeper, I seem to remember. Anyway, I'll stop now. But yes, that was, um, that was my first favourite goal. Right. Going back a few years before that, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Spy, um, George Graham versus Liverpool in 1971. George Graham versus Liverpool 1971, the double year. I believe that goal scored in November. Brilliant goal for me. For, for me, the header. No, it wasn't. It was it was a volley. He did a one-two with someone just outside yes, the box. Yes, yes, yes. In the North Bank. I've yeah. got this in black and white. Video. And it was. It, uh, we were neck and neck yeah. at that time with Liverpool at the top of the table. Believe we were about second or third. They were top. Leeds were up there as well, and we'd lost our last couple of games. Well, we lost maybe just lost a game before that. Might have been the, the Derby. I know we lost at Derby. Um, we lost at um, Stoke five 0 that season. It was very soon after that. Anyway, we needed to win to stay in touch, and it was nil nil, and it was on um, match of the day that evening, as all games were then. And I just remember it was nil nil. Ten minutes to go, attacking the North Bank. Neil Neil was on the cards. He did a one-two with someone. Brilliant volley. And you knew the minute the ball left his foot, it was yeah. just heading straight for the corner of the North Bank goal. And you just, I just saw the ball fly through his net past the outstretched hand of Ray Clements. Yeah. The net, the North Bank net bulged when they had stanchions in those days, not these silly square nets they got now. And the whole North Bank just erupted like crazy, like we won the World Cup. Oh, and it was just such a brilliant goal. To score against Liverpool when we needed to win, yeah. and like I did watch match of the day that night, and as I still do, forty years later, it, mm. it was just bloody brilliant. The, the way, what you just said there about the fact that you know as soon as he hit it, you just knew. It just reminds me of that. Do you remember the Vieira goal against Newcastle? In yeah, 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 Where you just for like three paces up until he hit it, you're like, it's going in the back of the net. You all knew. Like, it's just, and it just was so unlike him. I mean, he, he, yeah, every now and again he did it, but most of the time he did the corner flag. Mm-hmm. But uh, while we're with you, um, and a very similar goal actually, in the, in the sense that you know, as soon as he hit it, you just thought goal. Yeah. Um, Mr. Parlour against Valencia. Mr. Um, Parlour against Valencia. We were one down, Champions League game. Yeah. At Highbury. Um, we had, we've never won the Champions League, and you know that season we were we had high hopes. Can't quite remember exactly what season it was, but it was we had all our big stars playing: Vieira, Perez. Yeah, you know they were all there, and we went one down at half time, and everyone was going, "Oh no, not again!" You know this is a knockout stage; we need to win this. Um, it was the first leg of a, of a knockout tie, if I remember rightly, and halfway through the second half, Parla just unleashed the most unmighty almighty volley past the Valencia keeper and yeah. he, the minute he left it it just curved and I was right behind the North Bank goal and it just curved away from the keeper straight into the net and Highbury just went loopy yeah. actually was, was that the equaliser or was that the goal that made it 2 I think that's the goal that made it 2 but I'll tell you what I remember about that that was just after Rocky had died and I think they showed on the screen mm. at half time this kind of compilation of Rocky clips mm. and I remember the Arsenal players coming out and, and some of them, like the likes of Dixon, who'd have obviously known him, were just sat there watching it. 
and then all of a sudden they turned around and like the crowd just went whoa like that and really got in and I think we were like saying we were 1-0 down yeah. but like within 10-15 minutes we were 2-1 oh, up Parler got both maybe, didn't he maybe that, maybe that was did he get both? I won't I maybe think Henri might have got one did he? I maybe remember that the, was yeah. the second one I think Parler got the second no, one but basically I remember the goal metaphorically lifting the roof yeah certainly the roof the, the, it was it was it was a great hybrid moment yeah because I mean, I think it was the two quick goals in succession as well. Yeah. Um, just the feeling that, uh, you know, we turned turned around this time. It was very important at the time because I mean, we've got used to beating uh, decent teams in the Champions League now. But then we, we'd had a really tough time of actually just getting through in the Champions League. Now, in the end, we were actually knocked out in that tie away. We, we double was John Carew goal in Valencia. Um, but I remember that part of the reason that game was significant was because there was a perception we had an easy run to the final if we got through it. Mm. I think in the other leg, um, Leeds um, were lined up as um, the opposition. Must, Leeds be 2000, must be 2001. Yeah. Leeds or Roma, I think. But basically, the other half yeah. of the draw was much tougher. Yeah. Um, then so they went on to Real Madrid, though, didn't they? Am I right in saying? Didn't they play? No, it was Valencia and Leeds, and you might be right. Or was it Bayern Munich? It was Valencia, Real Madrid in the final. Right. Okay. Oh, that's not the year that Leeds played Real Madrid. And I remember we we scored those two goals in quick succession. And then almost straight away we got what Bosch Bosch one two. Yeah. I think Henri had an absolute sitter to make it yes. three one. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> all, couldn't take it around as back. much as we love him, yeah. there's always one yeah. <laughs> it's always one goal that on that occasion. The whole bubble was burst when Henri missed the sitter to mm. make it three one. Well it certainly was the moment um, in the tie where we could have given ourselves really really great chance he did it last week didn't he he did it again for Barcelona for, well yeah, fortunately they scored with the Messi header but just before Messi's header Henri had a yeah, chance to score to like put the game going yeah. I think yeah. they had other players to do it for them yeah. David while we're on um, the subject of Ray Parler great Ray Parler goals going to have to mention um, his goal against Chelsea that's one of your favourites yeah um yeah, I, I, I was uh, in my final year at university at the time, in of, of all places, Aberystwyth, which um, um, none of you know, I'm certain, is a Manchester United and Liverpool stronghold, um, <laughs> or anti-Arsenal stronghold, as it were. So even though it was Arsenal-Chelsea, I was watching it in the away end in, um, uh, in a bar in Aberystwyth. Um, but it was, it was a special goal for me, um, uh, aside from the fact that we ended up winning a double, and we've got Lee Dixon's ridiculous and wonderful celebration. My... Um, uh, my well, like every, like a lot of Arsenal fans, I'm not an Arsenal fan by choice, and you know, given a free choice, there's no way on God's green earth I'd be an Arsenal fan. Um, you know, my my father, my older brother, my aunts, my uncles, and my grandfather um, chose Arsenal over Clapton Orient back in the day, uh, and he died um, about um, what about eight or nine months um, before that cup final, and. Um, the fact we went on to win the double that year um, made my dad very upset. That was the second time I saw my father cry, the first time mm. being uh, when Michael Thomas scored the second goal at Anfield in 89. Um, and yeah, it was it was for, it, it, well, it made me realise actually maybe it's not a bad thing being an Arsenal supporter after all. It brings, <laughs> brings families close together, that kind of thing. But yeah, seeing, seeing Arsenal win in the away end is always a good thing. And um, uh, yeah, for my personal reasons, that was a great goal. In fact, you know, It'll always be uh, remembered for Tim Lovejoy's immortal words that not to worry, it's only Ray Parler. Absolutely, and, no. And the fact that Chelsea were the opponent. Absolutely. Yeah, well. The last time we beat them, wasn't it? 
Mm. I noticed in, in some of we, we, the, a lot of the list that I've got in front of me was actually marks and he couldn't turn up. There was there was a distinct lack of Robert Pires goals in the list. But you've you've put one in there, the the Pires goal against Southampton in two thousand five. Yeah. Um, Steve. Robert Pires is my all time favourite player. And mine too, yeah. Um, I just love the guy. Yeah. You know, one of the words said against him, he was just no. gorgeous. But <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not the words you wanted to use, though. Well, <laughs> gorgeous. I used to sit next to I used to sit next to a woman called Shelley up in the North Bank, and um, and she was a huge Pires fan as well. And every time Pires scored, we used to give each other an extra hug. Really.
possibly my my favourite Adam's goal because of when it happened and how yeah. it happened. Um, it, it was chest out on it. I remember. Yeah. I never forget coming out of the ground and meeting my dad outside the North Bank. And he was like, did you see the way he went through them players? He was chest out and he stormed through. He was like, players in front of him, he didn't care. He just went straight in there. Yeah. And, it was like, and, and he knew exactly what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's it. Yeah. Like, you know, and of course, minutes after that was that brilliant moment where Burkamp scored yeah. Yeah. and he slid on his knees. And yeah, it was yeah. a fantastic moment. That was a really, really, really great game. It's um, a fantastic moment to us. Have we had a fantastic moment at the Emirates yet? We did say this, didn't we? Is there, I mean, there's been plenty of great goals, yeah. the likes of Flamini's goal. We had a parlour from 25 yards against Valencia. I think there's only, there's only been one for me. And that was... Uh, sorry, I tell you about the hands of that. There's only been one yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2006, 2007. Uh, it's it's um, Thierry Henry in the 92nd minute to break Manchester United hearts. So, yeah, OK, it was a bit of a dead rubber. We uh, didn't have a chance of winning anything that year. But it was... It was a really, really even game, and it's 72 minutes gone, and it's nil-nil, and Wayne Rooney scores against the run of play, and you think, oh great, story of our fucking year again, unbelievable. Mm. And then, eight minutes later, Van Persie comes on with his first touch of the ball, and which turned out to be his last touch of the season, scores an unbelievable goal, where he stretches mm. his body, gets completely horizontal, and connects with the ball, and rifles it into the roof of the net, and Suddenly, you know, it's 10 minutes to go, and every, everyone, the United fans, our fans, go, shit, absolutely anything could happen. And then over the course of the next sort of seven or eight minutes, nothing really happens. It looks as though it's dying down. And then, of all people, it was our then right back, um, some Ivorian bloke called a buoy or something, gets the byline, and as about this treat and novelty nowadays, right back, you can, our right back getting to the byline and crossing and it, getting across. Um, and it's a pinpoint cross, it's on the edge of the six yard box, and Henri criticised left, right and centre by everyone throughout his entire career for not being able to head the football, rises between, uh, what are their names, Ferdinand and Vidic, <laughs> uh, and with the Dutch goalkeeper in goal, unleashes a bullet header straight through the goalkeeper's hands and peels away in injury time. All I remember is, it, even, you know, Wenger came onto the pitch, such as the excitement, and the look on bacon faces mug <laughs> was enough to make me happy that's the only time I've gone absolutely batshit mental I think, three, I think in three seasons is it three seasons three complete seasons three complete seasons we haven't had a standout no match, I don't think no I don't we've think we've had I'd some done. good wins yeah we've had some thrashings where we've, we've beat teams 4-5-0 it's been set zero. up hasn't it like obviously yeah. like the, the game against we've United we've never had a game where we've been one down in an important match we've come back to, to win 2-1 that's probably the mm. only one really I think the only well, well we used to do that all the time against yeah. the likes of Fulham yeah. at the new stadium so yeah, yeah. we were often 1-0 down in fact traditionally we were 1-0 yeah, down but, yeah but not yeah. In, not in massive matches against no, United that's it or Liverpool or Real we rarely make games easy that should be easy. Or even Valencia. Uh, although it was a pleasant surprise to watch the Stoke game and, and remember old times when <laughs> yeah. that business over by 15 minutes you can yeah. get your newspaper out. What I do think is nice about the Emirates is, and forgive me for saying that, it should really be Ashburton Grove, uh, is the way that the South End has, has become a bit more like the old clock end was at Highbury. Mm. There's, there's a tendency now for you know, fans are like to sing and like a bit of a fight and a banter with the away fans. They've congregated around that end now, right next to the away fans. And it's becoming a bit more like the old clock end was. Well, that's, that's one of the few advantages of the online booking system. Mm, you know, yeah. If you're a thug, you can pick which block <laughs> yeah. you wish to sit in. Yeah. And obviously they've decided to congregate in, uh, I guess it's 25? Block 24. 24. Yeah. And uh, fair play to them because that helps the atmosphere one hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, so keep it up next year, chaps. Yeah, but we do need some big matches 
um, at the new stadium. Um, and well, I mean, we've got to be competing for trophies to make those big matches because we've had the teams here that we've played. Mm. We just haven't won the bloody matches. Um, no. So, you know, to come, I hope, but I'm, um, I, it's never be. I think everyone agrees with this. It'll never be quite the same as the old place. To, to talk about great Henri goals and goals against, we'll have a little bit of a, a, a goals against Manchester United as their champions. Henri versus Manchester United was one of your goals, uh, Steve. That Which was, one? I think that was the same one we've spoken about. I think was it really? Not the one nil one in uh, Highbury. Oh, you're not thinking. Oh, so I thought you were yeah, thinking the of one nil, um, the one nil in 2000. When, yes, when he yes, put yes, it on his chest and turned. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah All right, we yeah, don't yeah. don't need to talk about yeah. that then. If well, you didn't mean that. that. <laughs> That was one of the I mean, best goals I think I've ever seen. In fact, out of all the goals we've spoken about, it was the only one not scored in the North Bank. Mm. Everyone will remember that. It was a 1 0 win. Rocky's goal was it in the North Bank? Uh, the yeah, Cricket Cricket it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a 1 0 win. Mm. Um, everyone knows the goal. The, the commentators just eulogised about it. And I think um, Andy. Um, what's oh, Andy Gray. Andy Gray. He said, what a goal. You know, they do not come any better than that. <laughs> and you know, he just, he just turned, lobbed it over the keeper. And again, it just went up in the air. And you could, you could see, it was, a, it was a, uh, a Cup Winners' Cup 95 goal from the halfway line moment. Yeah. He, there's nothing the keeper could do about it. And it just went in and it was magnificent. Fabregas, Fabregas. The greatest gift that we possess. I thank the Lord that we've been blessed with Spain's fantastic Fabregas. Fabregas, Fabregas, the greatest gift that we possess. I thank the Lord that we've been blessed with Spain's fantastic Fabregas. Brilliant. Now, David, there's only one goal that all three of us picked. All right. And it was, um, it would probably be my. My second best of all time, and it's what a great goal! It was Mark Overmars versus Manchester United at Old Trafford in '98. Mm. Um, I mean, that's what that is one of my favourite goals of all time. Oh god, yeah. Just I mean, where were you? Were you watching that on telly? Or were you there? I was the day before my. That was the day my old band went on tour, and I've never been so happy in my life that it got changed for a lunchtime kickoff because we didn't have to leave for of all places Ipswich <laughs> 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 until about three in the afternoon. Um, but no, I was in, in my dad's front room in Northampton, and um, yeah, yeah, it was the same old, don't have a prayer, Arsenal, you know, yeah. Siemens injured, you got that fop-haired member of Hitler Youth in goal, um, <laughs> Alex Manninger, um, and I, I, but I remember going into the game thinking, yeah, but you've got some mug called John Curtis at right back, and we've got the best winger in the world, um, yeah. and Manninger had one of the best games he's ever had in an Arsenal shirt, repelled, had one that, like he did in, in the FA Cup game away at West Ham after Dennis got sent off after five minutes for elbowing Steve Lomas in the face. Dennis just, elbow, love it. Just <laughs> miss, miss a little bit. I mean, Van Persie does it, but without so yeah. much class, and he gets seen. Um, but um, it, it was, you know, Manninger was absolutely outstanding, and uh, Overmars, I mean, Pires was, was brilliant, but Overmars is the best winger I've ever seen at Arsenal, because he could get to the byline, stay across, or cut inside mm. and curl it in. But it was... Yeah, just one of those goals where it came out of nothing really. Yeah, you know, he's on the on the left wing, goes past whoever the um, who the United right side midfield player is, and you know he's not really going anywhere. And then he skips past the fullback, and it's just one of those where you think, oh, go on, 
Yeah. Go on, son. Is that always up against Smart? He's only put it through. We're only fucking winning. Yeah. Shit! <laughs> I don't think I've ever celebrated a goal quite like I was actually there that day. I remember at half time having a conversation with this lad that I used to talk to, and um, he was saying, Oh, all the Cockney Reds on the way out, they're so full of himself. He's like, They're saying to us, even if we win today, we're not going to win the league. And I was like, They're probably right, though, aren't they? Oh, they are right. He goes, But it'd still be nice to win. I saw him after, he was like, We're going to do it, we're going to win the league. You know, it was a real feeling that that goal actually won the league that oh, year. Absolutely. And um, just, just to pick up on a point you made about Mark Overmars, I always remember Mark Overmars in his days at Ajax as a player that could go to the byline and get something in. Mm. But I never saw him do it at Arsenal. Now, when I went to see him play for Barcelona, he was doing it again. I don't think he did it so much at Arsenal. He was always encouraged to come inside. That's what yeah. Fender likes from his wide players. But no. he's the last wide player I remember as having who would go to the byline, apart from Jermaine Pennant's fleeting glasses <laughs> every now and then. Um, but yeah, yeah, I always remember him getting to the byline. But um, the thing is, you never see that on the highline reels because... Uh, we didn't have a header of the ball in the side. Uh, perhaps <laughs> right, yeah. How pretty was it when we signed Overmars and Petita for that 98 scene? That was great, I mean, yeah. what a magnificent couple of players they were. No, that was magic, magic moment. Kev, do you want to talk us through, the, to complete our hat-trick of uh, Manchester United goals? Um, not been a good week for them, has it really? Um, <laughs> Merson versus Manchester United in 1995. I think it was 95. <laughs> uh, it was a 2-2 draw at a Highbury. We were 2-1 down. And Merson got a late equaliser. Oh, I remember this guy. And um, the reason I've chosen it is actually because I was right behind Merson as he shot the ball. So it was one of those which I was in line with the ball as it went in, uh, which sometimes makes a goal just look that much better than if you see it from another angle. Um, added to which, at that time, uh, United were basically, um, it was before Wenger, United were beginning to dominate they'd won the double I think the season before but whenever they came to Highbury there was always a bit of a, a bitterness in the air there would often be a player sent off often it was Eric Cantona United would often be wearing black because they were the villains um, <laughs> it was just pure bloody panto and the the lead boy Merson the lead boy Merson stepped up I mean, to, to complete the fairy tale, it's probably after all these drug problems that have come out. I don't know. Returning matinee idol, though, that. Uh, to be honest, it could have been a year earlier. I can't remember the exact year. However, the goals always stayed with me because um, it was such a, a, one of those great moments. And often, for me, a great goal is a great moment. Uh, and that's why I remember it. Technically, there have been much, much better goals. But these ones stay with me. And Merson scored 99 goals for the club, tragically left before 100. And, um, you know, that, that was probably my favourite Merson goal. We're going to have one more goal each. Um, the last one on your list, um, Steve, is um, Henri's penalty uh, against Wigan. Wigan. Yeah. Oh, Which against Wigan. Yeah. More for the occasion than the goal itself. Yep. All four goals that day were just phenomenal. They yeah. had to be because it was the last day at Highbury. Yeah. You couldn't afford to lose the game. Totten had the shit. Can you imagine if we'd have lost that game? <laughs> we, we were losing to Wigan you yeah. know, at, at some stage and drawing with Wigan. Um, Tottenham were above us in the table. Champions League was resting on it. It was just the most unbelievable occasion ever. And I, I, I know <laughs> people now who think their career, their life supporting mm. Arsenal 
you know, it ended that day. It did it's for me. It's never going to get any better. No, no, if it we, did if we'd, have, if we'd have won the Champions League the following week, God, yeah. then we all could have retired quite happily and, and gone and watched our local team forever. Because supporting Arsenal was never going to get better than that. Mm. You know, even now when I watch the, the, you know, that match and everyone's got the red and white shirt on, and the whole stadium is red block, white block. And I, I, even now I still watch the videos on the yeah. computer that I took that day and stuff. And it's just awesome. But that particular goal, the Henri goal, you know, you just knew he was going to score it. You just knew. And typically Henri always took the penalties, took them with panache. Mm-hmm. And, and that day when he knelt down and kissed the turf, yeah. you know, and Pires went up for him and, you know, it was just, you know, a tear-jerking moment. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, then, then you get the message through that West Ham had scored again. Yeah. And the whole crowd started jumping up there. I can't remember the last time we were at the match. A word came through of a, of a score from another ground that, that meant something to us because we hadn't challenged for years. <laughs> and you know that day, it's like, "What's that? scored? I can't, is it true? Is it true? Yeah, they scored it." Yeah. And, and you know that coupled with the penalty, you know, and it, again, if you remember, it was like, "Will Henri stay or won't he?" You know, will he move to the Emirates? Will that be his last home game ever? And it turned out he did one more season after that, and then he left. But that penalty will just live with me forever. Well, Kev, you've, you've gone for another penalty, haven't you? Yes, I have. It was in the 2001-2002 season, and as the games began to run out, things were getting pretty tense. And who should we have coming to Highbury but our old chums from the other end of Seven Sisters Road, Tottenham. And every point was vital. You know, United were right on our tails, and, I mean, pretty much every game was a must-win game. So Tottenham went and equalised, one all. Dodgy pen? Well, I, I don't know about theirs, but the one with, that was given to Arsenal certainly was, and thank God for that. <laughs> oh, it was a dodgy pen, yeah. Um, but the, the bottom line is our hearts were basically in our shoes um, for a couple of minutes because Spurs had scored, it was near the end of the game. And then we get this gift, I think it was within a minute, actually, of a penalty. It was evening it up though. They was uh, they were definitely evening it up. There was a dodgy one at the other end. Well, they scored it, all right. So that was the end of that. Uh, who cares about the ethics of whether or not it was a decent claim for Arsenal? Uh, the bottom line is the, the spot was there. The coolest man in the stadium steps up. He he, he looked like he, he just had a spliff. He was so cool. I mean, he he just and and the way he took it was what made it sweet because I think. I'm not sure, but I think he actually scuffed it. He didn't actually hit it as he intended. But because it was so slow rolling over the line, it, it, it did two things. Number one, it humiliated the Spurs keeper, who'd gone so early he could have actually got back up and saved the thing if he'd been on his toes. Casey Keller. <laughs> <laughs> but secondly, it was the significance of the goal and the fact that it did go in because the title was back on. Yeah. And if we'd have not got the three points from that game, uh, our momentum could have been stopped in its yeah. tracks there. It was just such a crucial goal. And to, to, to score such a soft penalty... Straight down the middle. Mm. Oh, my God. If you go back to your 2001-2002 end-of-season videos and see the replay of the goal from... Uh, well, the camera's in the clock end, so it's looking straight down the barrel. As the ball is... Uh, daisy cut all across the uh, the grass. You see Terry Sheringham is standing with his hands on his hips like that, watching it. And as he sees what's unfolds, you see his head go into his hands, uh, and he just falls to his knees as if to go, 
Oh, Casey, what the fuck have oh, you done? No, no, no. <laughs> more, more like what, not them bloody oh, gooners again. We deserved, yeah. we deserved to win that game, though. We were absolutely... Yeah, no, we were much, much better than it was. I mean, the, the penalty at the other end, both Seaman, Seaman and Poye came together for the same ball and they just collided into each other. I don't think there was any contact. The ball could actually been between them. And they both collided, fell, both of them fell to the ground, and the referee just pointed to the spot, and he knew he'd made a mistake, and he evened it up with ours. That's my recollection of it. Gave what's known as a Franny Jeffers penalty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to have, I, I mean, I must admit, as we've been talking, there's been so many goals that have come to mind for myself. I, you know, the, 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 great moments. There's one like that where Charlie Nicholas scored a winner up at, um, up at Old Trafford in the last minute, which stuck in the mud. And we were, in the, we were just behind the goal, at, um, in the Stretford end not Stretford end the opposite end is Stretford end and we were sat with the United fans and I'll never forget the ball going in and us kind of getting out of our seats to go yeah and then realising where we were and sitting down and it stopped in the mud and it just trickled over the line and we all got up and went yeah you were, yeah and we all looked around and all these Cockney Reds are looking at us as three there's me, Joe and my dad and my dad was like exit we went straight to the exit and for, by the time we got back to the car it had like the final whistle had gone but, so I snuck that one in because that, that just reminded me of that when you were saying about the P-roller from Lauren. My, my, the last goal that I want to mention is um, Burkamp's first against Southampton because there was a big thing about it in the papers. The Sun did this cut out and keep Burkamp's guide to the goal net. And it was like, if you don't know where it is, Dennis, ask your mate Wrighty. And there's a big thing about the fact that we bought this player, you know, everyone thought was a, or they thought was a goal scorer. And I just remember from where I sat, which was on the halfway line, Glenn Helder's cross came in and Burkamp seemed to hit it miles wide. I think the clock end just went... <laughs> like that, and it just bent in the corner, and the place erupted then. Do you remember? That was yeah, another yeah, moment yeah. where the, the, the whole I of Highbury... Huh? I remember thinking it was going wide. He didn't seem to get hold of it too well. He seemed to, you know, and I saw it, it just, recently on Arsenal TV and yeah, Arsenal Gold. Re- when you watch yeah. it again, it really feels like the clock end sucked it in. You know, it just mm. kind of bends in. So it's, it's, it was a beautiful goal. And his second one that day was fantastic. So... Yeah. Uh, um, David, I'll leave you to describe your last goal. Yeah, um, first and foremost, I mean, looking at my list, I've got impeccable taste. I really have. <laughs> there, there are some Bobby Davros in I mean, there's, Anders, there's some Bobby Davros in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got and- Anders Lidwell's goal against Leeds, Lee Dixon's goal against Deportivo, which everyone claims was Carnu's, but he never touched it, Eddie Kelly style. Um, uh, Brian Marwood's goal in the Mercantile Credit Classic semi final. A trophy we will never have to give up after fans. <laughs> um, yeah, we did, we did brilliant um, um, you know, For some reason, what's popped into my, my mind now is Jimmy Carter's hat trick goal against <laughs> Southampton. The clock end. The last time a gooner scored a hat trick. The guy fell to his knees in tears. But no, my, my favourite goal, uh, but you know. But from my favourite ever Arsenal player and the greatest player I've ever seen play the game and the greatest player I will ever see the game is Thierry Henry um, so many to choose from I, I remember the, the back heel he scored against Charlton through John Fortune's legs which was on my birthday in 2004 um, but the one I'm going to go for it was, a, it was a Friday night when Sky tried to introduce Friday night football in the Premier League they only tried it with two games both Arsenal games Newcastle and Leeds at home uh, in the Invincible season and um, it, I don't know if it, it was the, the season that Leeds went down and we won 5 0. Henri scored four, and it was his fourth goal. Despite the fact they were getting absolutely hammered, Leeds still insisted on playing the highest line I've ever seen. And it was a dink over the top from Vieira, and Henri skins the defenders and he's running through. And as he's doing, doing the classic thing when he's bearing in from the left and he's opening his body up, ready to curl it around the goalkeeper. 
the 219-year-old Gary Kelly swings his legs at Henri, trips him up. Um, it's going to be a penalty. It's going to be a professional foul and a red card. But Henri does something which no other footballer I've seen before or since or ever will see out of nowhere. Falls over, but as he's falling over, manages to kick the ball over Paul Robinson into the far corner. I, 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 th- I said the words, what a goal, to my brother about 50 times <laughs> there and then. Just what a goal, what a goal. I got home that night and I watched the repeat again on Sky. And Andy Gray said something which encapsulates Henri perfectly, which is, I've been watching this game for 40 years. I've thought I've seen anything, everything. I've never seen anything like this boy. Take a boo, son, take a boo. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, uh, why I love that goal is, I've never seen a player who could score it apart from that man, and I'll never see another player who could score that goal apart from that man. And I miss him and I want him back. Well, yeah, I'd have him back as well. We're going to end there, but it's funny because I coach, said that... The getting back as coach. <laughs> you always go back to where you're supposed to be. Well, we'll see about that, Thierry. Um, well, I said there was lack of Perry's goals. There's definitely not, not one of us has mentioned an Ian Wright goal, which is very, very strange. But um, They were all brilliant. They were all brilliant, they were all yeah. Brilliant. No, I remember there's been some you know, wonderful you Ian Wright goals. You don't have to mention Ian Wright goals. Every single one of them was fantastic. To name mm-hmm. one would be to limit the rest. All, right. all 188 eight of them I think was it 188 all 188 fantastic yeah okay well on that on that note thanks very much for joining us uh, Super Sub Kevin Witcher aka Mark Collington uh, goodbye from us both um, Mr Udo goodbye have a great summer guys and thanks Steve Mr Hybrid Spy Robert Pires is God he is God and he's gorgeous as well <laughs> that just about wraps things up for this edition we hope you've enjoyed it and indeed are enjoying the summer our email address is gunapodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch thanks once again to our sponsors gunashirts.com we'll be back soon la di da di da la di da di di all good friends and jolly good company Whoa!